Welcome to the Bacon Games Podcast, your source for the latest from the MLB and the NFL. Let's get started with your host, Jesse. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bacon Games Podcast. I'm joined with... God, I can't even think of a good nickname for you guys. You've been on so long, but I'm with the JJ crew. Jonah and Josh, what's up, guys? What's up? Glad to be back again. <laughs> I thought we lost you. I thought we lost you. Fuck. All right, we're here. That's good. Um, yeah. Fuck. What's going on? So we're we're talking uh, we're talking Falcons off season with the the only Falcons fans I know. You might be the only Falcons fans I know, guys. This is not me. Yeah, we're kind of few and far between outside of Georgia. <laughs> very yeah, not, fair, <laughs> very fair. <laughs> um, fuck. All right, cool. All right, so Jonah. Josh, why don't you introduce yourself again? Just shout out your stuff. Hit it. Josh, you well, got we're it. Uh, JJ Talks. We're based out of Georgia. If uh, I mean, if you didn't already pick up on that, but uh, just like Jesse, we have a mostly a football podcast. Uh, just going through the season, you know, talking all the games, doing predictions of what we want. Um, upcoming, we're going to be having the uh, tournament sometime, and then doing some draft coverage. It's going to be mainly Jonah stuff, but uh, I think that really covers it. Uh, we're mostly Atlanta based too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's going to be good for this podcast because we're talking Falcons offseason football. So let's get started with the most important position on the field. Um, what do you guys think the Falcons plan for the QB situation is going forward? And uh, what happens to Matt Ryan? Where does he end up by week one? Um, Jonah, you can start. Well, week one, he is going to be under center starting for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, anything else happening would completely shock me. Not so much that I don't think they could add to the quarterback position this offseason because they 100% are going to do that in some way because Matt Ryan's literally the only quarterback on the roster right now. Um, But just with his cap hit and the fact that it's going to be the first year under a new head coach, I'm sure they're going to want a veteran presence at quarterback there anyways. I fully expect him to be starting, and it just doesn't make much sense to move on from him right now. Now, that being said, next year, now we're talking. Because then cap-wise and, you know, contract-wise, it makes a lot more sense for them to be able to move him. And if things go, and we'll talk draft stuff in a little bit, but if things go as expected and the Falcons draft the quarterback with their fourth pick, then, you know, that quarterback's kind of like took the Mahomes route. Aging quarterback was starting in front of him. He learned from him, and then he takes over the next year. That could very much well happen. But in terms of this year, I fully expect Matt Ryan to be under center week one. Gotcha. All right, Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. Um, I'm actually one of the ones where, like, earlier in uh, the offseason or, like, when the start of the playoffs, I was full on board of, like, yeah, we might as well just go to the quarterback, you know, top five pick, you know, why not? And you can sit under Matt Ryan for a little bit. But um, I've kind of changed a little bit recently, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I believe, you know, Matt Ryan's only 35 years old, and I believe he'll be 35 going into the season. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but um, – I still really believe that we can still get a good three to four years from Matt Ryan. And look, offense is not the problem with Atlanta at all. Um, even throughout our offensive line issues, I mean, it has gotten increasingly better as the years have like gone on. But offense has not been the issue for Atlanta. It's been mostly offensive line. They've kind of got it figured out a little bit. It's just been defense and closing out games. I mean, really. And 
if we take some time to address some of our defensive needs, I, I really think we can have like a quick like little turnaround right here because Matt Ryan, I still believe, can get it done. We still have Julio and Calvin Ridley. And uh, we talked about Russell Gage before, you know, last year, probably like 10 months ago or something like that. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I really like Russell Gage as number three. I think he's a perfectly fine number three. And as far as all of those weapons, that's pretty fantastic. That's better than, I'd say, probably like 75% of the league. You know, a lot of the teams would give to you, like, even have that. And uh, I just think if we take the time to actually, like, address some sort of defensive needs, especially with Drew Brees being gone from, New Orleans now, and New Orleans has a worse cap situation than we have. And then you also have Carolina, which is still rebuilding, and they took the time last season to draft all defensive players because uh, they just don't really have anything. And they're going to be looking, they're looking for a new quarterback, too. I think they're the ones in more need of a quarterback than Atlanta is currently right now. So if I'm looking into this season, going into this season, as far as like competitiveness, I do believe if uh, Atlanta's one of those teams where if things go a certain way, they could have easily been a wildcard team, you know, last year. Um, but, you know, they like to give up leads and stuff. But, look, <laughs> if we have a one or two, like, defensive pieces that we just actually nail, then Atlanta is, I mean, a pretty good spot to be one of those wildcard teams. And any given Sunday, I know Atlanta could beat really anyone because they have the offensive firepower in this offensive league to really beat anyone. And, yes, I'm even see it, like saying Kansas City, and they already did prove it. They just couldn't score enough, you know, oddly enough. But, uh, yeah. As far as uh, needs go, I don't think it's offense. I still think Matt Ryan's still got some of the tank. And, I mean, we'll talk about it later whenever we're going through our, our whole, like, draft talk and everything. And I yeah. kind of, like, went on a little bit. But point is, I still think Matt's got some of the tank. And offense is not the problem. I think we should address something on defense. What do you think and that... Matt Ryan will be a starter. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I figure, I figure. What, what do you think? Uh, okay, you both said Matt Ryan would be the starter. That's fine. What do you think the chances are he gets traded? Do you think that's it? Like, is is that like a ten percent chance, zero percent chance, fifty percent chance? Is that is that even relevant in the conversation? What do you think? I Are mean, we talking like sometime this year or in like in the future? Uh well, I mean, either like this off season or maybe even like next year during the season. I wouldn't project farther out than that, but yeah, one of those two. I'd say if in terms of this upcoming season, between the off season and during the season, less than five percent. I would say. I mean, I, I would I would be completely shocked if he was not on the roster for the complete 2021 season. It, it would 21 20, 20, to 2022 season. It would very much surprise me. Okay, okay, uh, that that's fair. I just I feel like yeah. Well, we'll get into it the next question because I'm wondering how much of the Atlanta offense will will stay together next year. But you know, maybe we'll see. Uh, the next question I've got is. What about Julio? Is is he possibly going to be on the move? And if he was, you know, theoretically, if he was on the move, what do you think the Falcons could get from him? Josh, why don't you start us? Uh, you know, it kind of sucks, you know, come like coming off from like a season that he had last year, you know, where he's been mostly injured, and uh, it's kind of detrimental because uh, if we like went, like fast forward to like a year ago, where he had I think three or four straight relatively healthy seasons, only missed like a game or two, um, you know, things would be different now. I think now. Uh, I get the star powers there, and I really want to believe that he's worth a first-round pick. But I think teams looking at last season and just, like, looking forward. He's, he is 32 years old, and he didn't miss half a season. I just uh, – I think at best currently, I – I mean, I think he's worth first round, but I think the best that we could get is a second-round pick for him currently. Um, but as far as, like, future for him – I believe he's for sure set to be a Falcon this season. It's where we talk about next season where I think 
he might not be a Falcon anymore. And um, I, I think Atlanta is going to be like, leave it up to him whether or not they actually like do anything with him because um is one of those. He's kind of just like, he is Atlanta. And uh, I kind of get a feeling that he's either going to be retiring soon. And th- that's the kind of how I feel about him. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Jonah, what do you think? Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same wavelength. I think it really depends on like what type of team, if we're talking this year, what type of team wanted to go for him. So if we're looking at like the Ravens, mm-hmm. I think you could probably get their first round pick because it's in the later portion of the first round. I don't think you're going to get a mid or higher. Um, if you're talking about one of those types of teams, Eagles or whatever, I think it'd probably be a second round pick. Um, possibly second and a fourth if we're going down that route. Um, but yeah, due to the injuries and the he's getting a bit older, there are those concerns with Julio. And like Josh said, this season, I do think he stays in Atlanta uniform, but next season, I really don't expect it. One of the main reasons, not just because he's getting older, but because Calvin Ridley is going to have to get paid very, very soon. Right, and I think yeah. looking ahead, he's going to be their new wide receiver one. And I just don't think that the Falcons can keep both of them on the books realistically. And Ridley, while he's not exactly the youngest receiver in the NFL right now, he's definitely younger than Julio is. And he's shown in um, several moments the past couple seasons that he can be a wide receiver one when called upon. His route running ability is just that good. So I think next year they try to move on from Julio, probably through a trade, um, may have to release him just for the fact they need the money. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to look be looking to pay Calvin Ridley. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's all good points. So you, you guys think like a late first round they could fetch? And, and I mean, th- this could also, you know, it doesn't have to be an off-season trade. This could theoretically be in-season, right? Like, you, you, do you think yeah. that he'd go for a first round, like in-season to a team? Like you said, maybe the Ravens or someone like that, that like going for a playoff run. You think yeah. that's possible too, right? Yeah, if, if, if it comes to a point where let's say the Falcons are like not going to make the playoffs by the midseason, we get near the trade deadline, then mm-hmm. yeah, a team like the Ravens or if the Eagles have the gigantic turnaround that no one expects them to do um, and are competing in the NFC East. You could possibly <laughs> yeah. find find it with them. Uh, maybe a team like, depending on what happens with Juju, maybe the Steelers. But yeah, someone that needs receiver help by midseason and is looking for a playoff spot, I think you could fetch it first. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, sounds good. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. The next question I've got, let's talk about re- retaining some of these guys or possibly retaining some of these guys. Do you think the Fal- Falcons are going to bring back Dante Fowler Jr. and maybe Todd Gurley, one of those two? Who we got? We got Jonah starting up first. Hit me up, buddy. All right, so I'll start with the easier one. Todd Gurley, no. Um, I just don't see it happening. Um, <laughs> in, for several reasons. One, he just did not look the same last year. And, you know, I think... I don't think it's all on him necessarily. I think a lot of that's on Dirk Cutter because he can't run and run offense to save his life. Um, but I also think Todd Gurley did look like that knee was bothering him. He did. He just looked so much more sluggish. And he made some bad decisions running the ball. I mean, I, I don't want to think about that Lions game. Um, but yeah, there, there were some trouble spots with Todd Gurley. And I, I think if they even did bring him back, it would be near veteran minimum just because they don't have the money. Um so I don't expect him to be back. Dante Fowler is interesting because he's still signed for two more years, but there the cap hit between this past season and this upcoming season is like astronomically different. It's like 16 to 18 million, I think, against the cap. Now, if they wanted to release him, I could only see it as a post-June 1st cut because at that point, I think they saved like about $8 million, which 
is probably just going to be enough to sign your rookie class. So it's one of those things. Do you want to take the chance at possibly him having a rebound season? Cause he was flat terrible this past season. He was so bad. He was not worth the contract at all. He had like mm. two sacks, I think just mm. awful. So right. or do you expect a rebound or do you cut him and take a, about 10 to $11 million of dead cap, but do save about 8 million. I mean, I'm probably leaning towards he gets cut through the uh, post-June first cut, but I also would not necessarily be shocked if they decided to keep him, but I think they're just... I mean, there's still $20 million over the cap at this very moment, so they need to find money in any ways possible. So I'm probably leaning towards he does get cut. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense for both. I think I think that's probably where they lean uh, as well. Um, but, sorry, what, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, sorry, Josh. Yeah, I feel like Todd Gurley is just a, a dead man walker right now. I just, I, sure. you, you got to know that you're not coming back. I mean, uh, running back is the easiest position to replace, and I, I think a lot of people have uh, the Falcons as like a, a great like free agent running back destination. But it's like, where are we gonna get the money for that? Like, we're not gonna be able to pay for an Aaron Jones here or anything. Like, I don't even think we could really pay for like a Chris Carson. Like, yeah, those are the honest. two guys. What about like, James Conner? Um, um, I mean. I'd rather just get a rookie running back. Look, sure. I mean, sure. I I don't I don't know like if James Conner's really gonna be like busting bank, you know, for a team that'll sign him or anything. But um, well, what's the point in like wasting like even like the minimal money for a running back that's probably not, not even gonna start like 12, 10 games maximum? Um, I think you're just better off going somewhere in the draft. And there's plenty of running back talent in the draft, and I think a lot of mocks have a running back going towards Atlanta. It's just a matter of who. Um, but yeah, running back Todd Gurley, I just I think he's gone. Um, as far as Dante Fowler goes, you know, like Jonas said, that the cap hit is pretty immense. You know, coming from last season because he he kind of did take like a little bit of a discount and like uh, was pushing more of that money towards the latter half of the contract. But um, look, he he was just awful last season, and I believe that PFF even ranked him like bottom ten at the uh, at their position last season. And uh, I think that it's fair to say that Aaron Donald was like definitely uh, helping him out boosts numbers, you know, taking a lot of that, uh, the attention away. But I think, I think it's even more apparent now that, um, you know, Dante Fowler is really uh, living in the shadow of Aaron Donald and just uh, benefited from that. Um, preferably, I do think we have to find a way to get rid of him. I just, I just don't think um, paying that kind of premium for uh, bottom talent is just, I get taken the the cap hit does suck, but sometimes you just got to, you know, suck it up and just, just go with it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've dealt with Fowler before. He's the best when he's a pass rusher and only a pass rusher. And if he's not getting that done, he's not worth any kind of money for sure. Uh, but yeah, okay, all right, that makes sense. I, I is is um shoot, is Freeman gonna be a, a free agent? I know he's in Buffalo. I think he signed a one year deal right there with their playoff yeah, run. Yeah, he's in Buffalo. <laughs> is, is Freeman coming back? Because who's in the who's in the the running back pool? Is it just Hill? So yeah, we got uh, Smith and Gurley are gone or free agents. Yeah. Yeah, well, right. Ito, Ito Smith is still there. Um, okay. He's in contract for one more season. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was Hill then. That's supposed to be free agent then, right? Yeah, oh, Hill, Hill Brian. Oh. Yeah, Hill's okay. a free agent because he he was signed to a one year. Like he was a restricted free agent last year, I think. He so he signed like a one year two point three million dollar deal or something. He should be a free agent. Ito Smith is there. Quadre Allison is there. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. They need quarterbacks. They need uh they need running backs. It's good to know. At least don't have to worry Williams about wide receivers. Javante <laughs> yeah. Williams hype train. 
<laughs> Bring in Javante Williams. I think they're going to get him in the second. Yeah, I please. Good chance, yeah. Mm, yeah, it's, it's, probably, it's probably more likely than most. I feel that. All right, let's move on to the next one then. Ah, well, let's talk about Calvin. What are your expectations for Calvin going forward? Do you think he could be a top five receiver or is going to be a top receiver in the NFL? Or is he there now? What do you guys think? Uh, I think we're with Josh. We're going to start with Josh, yeah. All right, yeah. Um, I think if we're talking strictly fantasy-wise, I think it's definitely possible. But uh, whenever I think of like top five receivers, I think of guys that can really like do it all. Um, I, I just don't really see Calvin that way. And I, I get the like Julio and Calvin, you know, there's been like, kind of like a turn, you know, right now. Um, I think Calvin is just a great route runner, uh, could be a great receiver. I just don't think he's like, you know, like an it guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like Julio was. And mm-hmm. when I think of like those guys, I think of like uh, Hopkins and Adams, even to an extent. Well, yeah. Michael Thomas, like a little bit like that. But as far yeah. as like, uh, like mm-hmm. that, I don't think he's going to be like a perennial top five receiving mm-hmm. talent, you know, be like that kind of like name. If it was strictly fantasy wise, then yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember, I guess, like, three or four years in fantasy, or maybe it was, like, two years now, even it was, like, the top three were, like, Julio, Antonio Brown, and, like, Odell, and, like, that was, that was the big thing. I always, I always kind of have him in that, that, that's how I kind of perceive him, at least, or whatever, but, yeah, I, I guess, I don't, he really took a bigger step than I thought he would uh, this year, but you guys were harping on that pretty good. I think a lot of people were, too. I think I was just a little down, but. I was, I'm gonna be curious of what happens in the red zone, Um, not only from just the whole, like, offensive scheme changing at all. But whenever Julio does eventually leave Atlanta, you know, what happens to Calvin in the red zone? Because even since he's been a rookie, he did have that standout 10 touchdown year in his rookie year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is that mostly because of the attention that Julio draws in the red zone? Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I guess it's kind of like one of those things that we're going to see answered, you know, after Julio's gone. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. But yeah, uh, shoot, Jonah, what what do you think? Well, I'll, I'll be honest when Julio went down for so many games last year, I was really curious to see how Calvin would do. And there were many times where Calvin still was like six catches, a hundred and something yards, two touchdowns. He did that quite a few times last year um, when Julio was not on the field, which was honestly the step I kind of wanted him to take. You know, what are you going to do against these wide receiver or these corner ones, I should say. And he did a really, really good job in terms of being like a top receiver. Like I'm, I don't see, because Ridley, he's not that tall. He's like six one. He doesn't weigh that much. He completely is built on I'm gonna beat you with my route running and my speed, and mm. that's fine as long as he's schemed properly. So I'm never gonna look at him as like a Devonte Adams, Julio Jones type. I look at him more like a Kenny Galladay, Keenan Allen, a wide receiver. He's he is the wide receiver one for his team. He is going to blow up in some games and he's gonna flat destroy you. But there's also going to be some games where he has like four catches for 40-something yards, and that's all he's going to be able to do. So he's not like this super top-tier elite receiver, but I do think as he grows and gets better, um, because this is only as like he's going into his fourth year, I think. So mm-hmm. he's still pretty inexperienced as a receiver generally. So I think over a few more years, he's going to be able to get to like he is a wide receiver one, a true wide receiver one. And I fully expect the Falcons to reassign him and him be the wide receiver one for the foreseeable future. It just needs to be, can he move past the, I'm just going to beat you in my route running? Because like it's one of those things, I don't expect him to be able to catch jump balls anytime soon because he's never going to do that. Mm-hmm. He's too small. But if he can do something kind of in the sense of Tyree Kill, Maybe he gets to where he can get to a second speed quicker 
and his routes are a bit more crisper. Maybe he does more after the catch. That's what I want to see and see him elevate his game. But overall, yeah, I don't see him as a super top tier elite receiver, but I do think he could be a true wide receiver one for many years as he develops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty reasonable. I, I was expecting a little harder stuff from, from you guys. Not harder, but like a little more, a little more, I don't know. I don't want to say enthusiasm either, but um, I'm glad you guys didn't over overvalue him because I was ready to attack, but it's okay. We're all good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that's like the big thing, like, thing for me is that like, when I think of like those guys, those guys are generally great in like contested catches, and I think Je- Jonah brought it up already. But uh, Calvin's just not that. Yeah, no, okay. Cal- Calvin ain't jumping two inches in the air, let alone catching a jump ball in the red zone anytime soon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean that's fair. Um, shoot. Okay. Yeah, I I, I probably agree with you guys. I've definitely come a long way from from what I thought before, but. I mean, he had two very consistent seasons, rookie year and the second year, and then moving on to a pretty great year is pretty good stuff. G- good luck going forward, definitely. I would love for the Jaguars to have someone like him. So, fuck you guys. All right. Um, <laughs> you guys also got a new coach this this offseason, um, Arthur yeah, Smith. Yeah, I'm curious how you all feel about that. Jonah, you can start. All right, so the first thing I'm going to say is this dude does not have a personality. And you can see that <laughs> yeah. by his interviews. <laughs> he just doesn't. But here's the thing. I'm okay with that. And the reason I'm okay with that is because the last two regimes, I've had to deal with Mike Smith and Dan Quinn. Both, they're super big player guys or hype men and that type of thing. And that's fine, but if you don't, if you aren't good at X's and O's, I don't want you. And that, I think, is what Arthur Smith is coming in. He's bringing him in his scheme, and he is coming to orchestrate this offense. He's calling plays, and he's an X's and O's types of guy. And there's a ton of players, former players, that he has worked with specifically the Titans, saying that he completely deserves this. He's a fantastic coach. And Arthur Smith, I believe when Josh and I were going through who we thought could be the next cut coach, I think Arthur Smith was his number one and my number two. So we were super high on Arthur Smith. I loved the hire when it happened. And just what him and Terry Fontenot have been able to do with the front office and with the coaches, I've absolutely loved it. I love the Dan Pease hire. I am so looking forward to him orchestrating this defense. I don't care that he's retired twice. I don't care if he's 70-something years old. The dude can run a defense, and Lord knows we need a defense so bad. Um, And just in general, I like what he's done to this point. I like what he's said. And again, he's awkward. Does he have a personality? No, not really. I don't think I'd ever go and get a beer with the dude. But if he can (laughs) you know, just draw this offense to be what it can be when it was in Tennessee, which I think he can. I think he's got the personnel here to do it. I think the Falcons could have some success with him. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so I... God, he he was the guy... So he was the Tennessee guy, right? The, you just said, yeah. right? I'm pretty sure he was the guy who like moved up. I remember when they came out with, with him like as a coach, he was like... Like I think one of the owners, like Sonny's, like the FedEx guy's son or whatever like that. Yeah, he moved yeah. up the ranks, right? That's the guy. Yeah, he moved up the ranks really, really, uh, really fast, which was pretty dope. Um, I now I understand you're saying he's a good X and O's guy. He's definitely a good X and O's guy, and I get that. Um, I just wonder about how important that is for a head coach rather than like an offensive coordinator type deal. You know what I'm saying? Like I think as a head coach, you might want to have maybe not personality wise, but just more of a more of a commanding figure than he is. And I worry that if he's not calling plays all the time or if he has too much responsibility on his plate, that that could become an issue. Do you, do you feel similar to that? Or is that an issue you're worried about or what? I mean, I think that could be a thing, but there's definitely guys out there that, like, he, to, to me, he looks like Kevin Stefanski. 
that's kind of where I'm looking. And I know Stefanski's only been there for one year, but I think, and from what his interviews, from what I've gotten, he is going to bring in guys that are going to do their roles, and he's not going to act like this king amongst you know a bunch of peasants. <laughs> They're yeah. all going to be one. So, like, the opposite of Urban Meyer? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> which yeah. is fine, which is fine. Look, we could talk about Urban We could do yeah. an hour discussion on Urban Meyer and what he's done at schools. But, yeah, yeah, it's... So, yeah, I mean, there is a possibility that maybe, in terms of his authority, you know, could it be questioned? I'm, I mean, I don't know. He's never been a head coach before. So, there's, there's definitely that factor. That's a possibility. But, I mean, to this point, he said all the right things, and, you know, you could call it coach speak. But... At this point, I'm buying in, and I mean, he hasn't given me any reason to say no yet. And I'm also a very big advocate of this first year. As long as I can see a plan, I'm okay with it. I don't expect the Falcons to win a bunch of football games this first year because I just don't think they... I mean, is it a possible? Could they do a quick turnaround? Sure, they could. But they've also, like, they're they're 20 million over the cap right now with, like, only 29 players under contract. So there's going to be a bunch of new faces on this team. He's not going to have his guys yet. It's going to be year two and three that I'm really going to judge him. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm willing to give him time to see how he incorporates this team. Okay. All right. That's, that's fair. I, I am very curious as well. Um, Josh, what do you think about the hire? Um, yeah, I've been, I've, <laughs> I don't have a hard time, you know, hide my like, uh, work for this because I generally okay. know this too. This is like my guy, like I wanted like really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I've been really impressed by what Tennessee's done. And I feel like a big part of that, not only because of Mike Brable, but because of him, uh, Arthur Smith himself. Um, he did rise to the ranks pretty fast, but uh, one of the things I did like about him was that his background is with uh, tight ends coach and offensive lines coach, and then he went up to offensive coordinator position. And, you know, then on, they switched from Ryan Tannehill, and they've been the best they've been since the early 2000s. I mean, uh, they're one of the highest-scoring offenses in the league the past two seasons. Um, I think a big part of that is Brable, Smith, Tannehill coming in, it's just been fantastic. I mean, I love it. Um, not everything is like set in stone. If it does fail out, then it does. But I mean, as far as like uh, from what we see in the coaching landscape and where like uh, some coaches have landed, I think we've been, I think it's easy to say right now that we had top two coaching hire this off season. Uh, and that's also because, you know, other teams have been hiring, uh, you know, <laughs> Pretty bad hires sure, right now. Sure, I mean, sure. like if we're talking like best hires, I mean, are we thinking like um, Atlanta's probably one of them? Uh, mm-hmm. Jacksonville, Urban Meyer. I mean, yeah, we'll I don't know. But as far as yeah. like, he's gonna others, either be I mean, terrible or great. Like, it, yeah, it, exactly. It's, like, yeah, so it's tough. Yeah, it's like Houston hiring. I mean, that was clearly just like, hey, uh, Deshaun, we hired a black coach. You know, come <laughs> save us, please. And then yeah. we have uh, <laughs> Philadelphia going with Sirianni, which is, I mean, it kind of kind of came out of nowhere. It's like, okay, Colts, Eagles, we get it. You kind of like. Uh, swap around everyone you know i guess you guys are in bed of each other and mm-hmm. uh outside of that you know i mean who else really <laughs> mm-hmm. so I, yeah I, it, I it did that. seem like a weird honest. yeah it did seem like a weird thing for coaching cash i i think the best coach is still out there so um and Could he's be, not yeah. coaching anyone he's not coaching anyone who'd you say uh, yeah <laughs> but uh yeah as far <laughs> as like uh the whole changing of the culture of tennessee i believe arthur smith has to have some sort of credit for it and Mm-hmm. If we're going in, like, as far as Atlanta goes, Atlanta's never really had, like, uh, a set culture, at least not since, like, 80s and, like, early 90s. I mean, really. I mean, outside of that, we've had, like, you know, little blips, you know, like most teams do. And, I mean, we did make a Super Bowl one time in the 90s. We did make one in 2016. Haven't gotten one yet, but we've never, like, had, like, sustained 
success, I mean, you know, like year to year for like a long time span. And I'm, um, as far as like all the coaching candidates that could establish that, I think Arthur Smith is probably the one that, has, that can best do it because Tennessee is known for being physical. I, you know, I just want a chance at that, you know, it's not guaranteed, but as far as like chances, I think Arthur, you know, brings that the big, like biggest like ceiling for that. Okay. That's fair. I, I yeah, like I said, I, th- I thought it was kind of a weak coaching class anyway. But I mean, I'm glad you got you got your guy. I mean, he he does seem like he knows the X's and O's, like you said, which is better than most coaches, I guess. Um, to to be honest, I mean, it does it does seem like that. So there's at least good portions there. Like I speaking from you know the Jaguars perspective and like Urban Meyer, like I'm happy he's like a commanding presence. He won at two schools. I worry a little bit about translating to the NFL, obviously, but I think with all these coaches, there's some red flags that we can discuss. So. Oh, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's a yeah. big change. I mean, it's a change in the environment. So, you know, yeah, uh, nothing's nothing's for sure. You kind of just got to go with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Let's talk about the rookie class from this year. Um, are, are you guys excited about them from the, for the future? I will say I did order a bunch of Marlon Davidson um, like car, rookie cards because when he eventually is good, I'm going to make bank on those. <laughs> so, um, Josh, why don't you start us off with how, how you feel about the rookie class from last year? I gotta say, pretty good actually. Uh, I think uh, going into the season, you know, there was question about AJ Terrell and you know where he went in the draft, but um, I think he over like did his expectations, uh, especially since you know uh, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the pick itself. You know whether or not he was actually the best corner, you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he uh, he overexceeded his expectations. He actually performed up to you know his first round caliber potentially, and I think uh, there's a lot of room for improvement. I think he could be really great actually. Uh, Marlon Davidson didn't really get to see like a lot from him, so uh, still to be determined. Uh, Matt Hennessy, same thing, but he's supposed to he, the expectation that he's supposed to replace Alex Mack, you know, whenever he uh, does go. Uh, so it's another one we're kind of like to be determined. But you know, I'm really hopeful. I really like the pick, you know, from the third round last season uh, when we did get him. And I mean, that's really I think I guess the, the main ones you want to talk about. Uh, what about you, Jonah? So, yeah, okay, so the first thing I want to say is that mm-hmm. you left off one of the best rookies out of this, Hoffer uh, to the punter. How are you going to leave a oh punter God. off the list? Oh, Come God. On. I'm cringing. I'm cringing. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, For real, though. Um, yeah, so AJ Terrell, obviously, there was a bunch of controversy with that pick originally, as Josh has said. I think he performed very well. I think he was probably one of the better corners out of the entire draft class based off of his performance and how he's able to do. He stayed healthy. He was able to go against a lot of wide receiver ones and played very well against them. I wish he wouldn't be like Trufon and drop a bunch of interceptions like he did. But, you know, we'll work on that, hopefully. He's playing well, corner for a reason. Right? You can bring him back. It's fine. Y'all can have him. Y'all can have him. Uh, he got sure, cut. I'm pretty sure he got cut. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so A.J. Terrell, I have a lot of hopes for. Marlon Davidson, I honestly really liked the pick at the time, and he did deal with some injuries. I'm hoping that this next regime comes in, and hopefully Dean Pease can kind of get him. He can get healthy and really work alongside Grady Jarrett. I really think he could do good. Okay, so Matt Hennessy, they didn't do what I wish they would have done last year, and that was please redshirt him, have him sit behind Alex Mack, because Hennessy is strictly a center to me. I don't want him playing left guard. And we just cut uh, James Carpenter. And I'm hoping that this new team isn't just like, oh, yeah, Hennessy, you're going to go play left guard now. No, please don't. He's a center. He's strictly mm-hmm. a center. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the build to play left guard. And when he played left guard last year, it was not very pretty. 
And at center, he had times where he actually played fairly well and sometimes where he struggled, which, again, rookie offensive lineman, that's not a surprise at all. Mm-hmm. So I still like his ability to develop over time. I just wish he could have like just redshirted the entire year instead of being thrust into playing time because I know how much experience is important. But if he could have just learned from behind Alex Mack for a year, I would have preferred that. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like him. Michael Walker, I was very shocked with on how well he played. He was one of the higher-graded linebackers in coverage based off pro football focus which shocked me because my one worry with Michael Walker coming out of college was how was his coverage going to be? And he actually covered tight ends very, very well. Um, He replaced Campbell from last year, who we let go, that ended up going to Arizona. So I think he has a lot of potential playing next to Deion Jones and Foyer. All three of them, I think that's a very solid linebacker group that Arthur Smith and company is going to be able to come in and use. Jalen Hawkins, the safety, eh. I mean, he was more of a special teams guy. He was way i mean again when you get to like the fourth fifth sixth round it's really hard to determine value but i had him more as like a seventh round guy and they picked him in the fourth round and he played okay but i'm not i mean he's a safety that struggles to tackle and isn't good as a free safety so i don't (laughs) i don't know know what to say about him but yeah overall between aj terrell marlon davis and matt hennessy michael walker and even hoffrecht i mean he he did well for a punter like i know it's a punter so whatever but like as a rookie punter, he did fairly well. I feel like his distance needs to be worked on, but the hang time was definitely there, which is what he was kind of known for coming out. So just based off that, between Terrell, Hennessy, Walker, and Hoffrichter, that's, what, four starters, potentially five, depending on how Davison does out of this class. I'm pretty pleased with it. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I I, I will say I, I feel like I did enjoy... Uh, or I did not enjoy. It. I, I like I like seeing Terrell a lot. He seemed pretty good. Um, Hennessy, you're right about the center thing. He feels like he needs to be just a straight up center, which is pretty tough to come by. Like to get good centers, and I feel like eventually he could get there. Um, uh, be, be a starter rather. You guys have. I was looking at the line. I thought it was a lot older than I initially thought, but um, it seems like the right side is fairly young, which is nice. Um, so it's a little bit of mix there because I thought it was a very old line. But you know, Hennessy can wait behind uh, Alex Mack for what the next year maybe, right? Before well, Mac, before maybe... Mac is a free agent now. Right, well, right. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, sorry. Right, I thought he was going to retire next year or some shit like that. But sure, sure, it makes sense for him to step into the role then. If you think he's going to be the starting center the next year, I think that's the expectation. Hopefully, he can play up to it. Um, but yeah, I think the expectation is he's the starting center for next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I'm excited to see him there. I was thinking about buying some of his rookie cards, but then I decided not to because eh, we'll see. Um, but okay. All right, we both t- we all talked about that. That's good. Let's move on to the free agency. It's free agency. I think you guys mentioned that they might have some cap issues to think about, uh, but I did see them in in line for a few uh, a few different guys. And obviously, I put this list out a little bit before the tag came in. And I think some of these guys got tagged. But who do you guys uh, want to see them sign, and who do you think they're going to target? Let's let's just dive into free agency because that's going to happen in what like a week, T- uh, ten days? No. I think the seventeenth. Uh, potentially, yeah, right. So it's, it starts uh, off pretty soon. They're actually talking about like moving it back, possibly. Oh, really? Wait, really? Yeah. The, the league's gonna move it back? That's interesting. Um, possibly because they wanted to decide on like the final cap issue, you know? Yeah, I, I did I did see stuff about that. Um, but okay, I have Jonah to start. So Jonah, you're starting. <laughs> All right. So there's like a lot to go in with this because of the cap issues um, with the Falcons. But I wanted to start off with this. Um, Matt Caroli, if you don't know who that is, he's a big-time Falcons guy on Twitter. Please go look him up, at Matt Caroli. And this is where I'm getting this information. I looked it up, and this is 
to me, the most accurate portrayal of how the Falcons can go about this offseason and still get money. So he had them cutting Allen, Bailey, Carpenter, and Davison. Currently, three of those have already been cut, Davison being the only one they haven't cut yet. Mm -hmm. If they max restructure Ryan, Julio, Jarrett, Matthews, and Debo, that one's a little tougher because if you max or if you max restructure them, then of course that's you thinking they're going to be here for a little bit longer. You push some money down the line. It's harder to get rid of them later. So that was a little bit off, but let's say they do it. Let's say that Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot want to try to compete immediately. You do that. If you just do that, then they end up with 27 players under contract next year and $36 million in cap space. So they've got $36 million to work with. Then if yeah. you add the $8 million from the post-June 1st cut with Fowler, that pays for your rookie class. So with the idea that they have $36 million to work with, I'm ex- honestly, I would not be shocked if we had this one guy that the Falcons actually went out and spent some decent money on. And to me, that's Joe Thune. He's one of the top mm. left guards right now. And currently the Falcons don't have a left guard. They just don't have one nearly, literally not one on the roster. And <laughs> the Patriots have said they're not going to franchise tag him. And who, who, I, who do the Falcons have on their roster? I'm so curious. <laughs> just I feel like every guy we talk about, there's like, yeah, there's a hole here. There's a hole there. Is that, <laughs> is that worrying? Uh, oh, yes. It's absolutely. Oh, yeah, without I mean, a doubt. Like, <laughs> like, okay. They currently have one safety. That's Jalen yeah. Hawkins. That's the yeah. only one they have. They don't yeah. have a left guard. They have, I think, one defensive end. They've got, and that's Fowler. Um, they've got Wait, does two he running play backs. Or is he, is he kicked inside? Dave's a, he's a tackle. Okay, my bad. Um, yeah, so they got three tackles with the two Davisons, the mm-hmm. Tyler Davison and then Marlon Davidson. Gotcha. Um, and then offensively, yeah, they got two running backs. I think they've got four receivers. And then they've got one left tackle, one right tackle, uh, two guards, one center, no left guard, and one quarterback. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> the whole oh, boy. All it's right, scary. yeah. But, yeah, for sure. So, so Thune, I think, is a very big option. Um, put him at left guard. I, in terms of what it would cost him, I mean, I think at least $15, $16 million a year, which is a lot, but I think he is at, like an all-pro caliber guard. He would absolutely fix that issue right away, mm-hmm. and I think that's a move that the Falcons are saying, we want to win now, we want to establish this physical offensive line and be able to compete right away. Um, I think that's a possibility if they can get enough money to do so. Um, other guys that I think are possible... Um, Taylor Gabriel, I think, is one. And it's kind of funny because some people were mentioning in comments, because I think the Falcoholic, which is like a fan page for the Falcons, right. were stating different receivers that they could possibly bring in. And someone tagged Taylor Gabriel saying, we need to bring back Turbo. And Taylor Gabriel actually commented back saying, I'm, all, I'm, on, my way bring, or I'm on my way back to Atlanta. So I don't know if he's already talked to Terry Fontenot or something, but he seemed very excited to come back. So I think he's a possibility. I don't think he'd be expensive. Now, is receiver a big need? No, but I think some depth would be nice, you know, having him back. Um, some other ones that uh, you uh, sent us that I think are very possible. Desmond King, I think corner help is desperately needed um, because outside of A.J. Terrell, they got Isaiah Oliver, who was better at nickel, but not great, and Kendall Sheffield, who got freaking roasted last year. So they need another corner. It depends on how much Desmond King gets in terms of like money. Um, but I think he's a possibility. And then Malik Hooker, Carl Joseph, I, I think both are possible. I wish we could get Marcus Williams, but that's not a possibility anymore. Um, 
But yeah, they need safeties. I, and I would not be shocked if they signed at least two of them and then drafted another one in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. Just They just need safeties desperately. So yes. I think those are the big ones. Um, another sneaky one, Marlon Mack. He, I saw that's like the first name I think he put. I think Marlon Mack's yeah. very possible. Coming off of injury. Yeah, the as long as he gets cut. He hasn't, he hasn't been cut yet, but I, I, I think that's the idea. Because they're, yeah. they're just not going to need him anymore. But yeah, good. Exactly. With Jonathan Taylor especially, they... they I mean, it, yeah, it Taylor and Hines is like enough just to have. Yeah. yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. So, and I think they actually extended Hines like last off season or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, Sounds so familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So Marlon Mack, I just think he's kind of the odd man out, and I think in terms of a place, probably on a one year deal, probably a cheap one to four million, five million dollar deal. I think it's a nice place to bounce back. I mean, we've seen what. Now, granted, that was with Derrick Henry, but we saw what Arthur Smith could do at the running back position. I think Marlon Mack would like to be able to come and Falcons rebuild his value on one year. So I think that's very possible. Him coming off injury, I think is very possible. So any of those guys I think are possible. But again, that's with all those stipulations that they could get to 36 million. So I think there's a very solid chance Fontenot and company try to make a few moves um, and sign a few free agents. Um, But it really just depends on how much money they can end up getting. Because again, the new league year starts really soon and there's still 20 million over. So they got work to do. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, all right. Good stuff. That was, that was, that was some good stuff. Definitely running back makes sense. Um, and every other position where they have like one guy at, uh, but yeah, I mean, you said that they could draft some of that stuff in the, and, and, and address some of that stuff in the draft. Um, Josh, what do you think? Are you echoing a lot of that? Uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> Jonah really took it away right there. Um, <laughs> it was, it was good stuff. It was very good stuff. Yeah. Oops, sorry, did we lose you? Yeah, you, you addressed. Oh fuck. <laughs> um, sorry, are you guys there? I'm there. Yeah. Oh okay. All right, cool. Hit it. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, just like I can like really the same thing. Really, uh, my main priority uh was safety, but I mean, I, I guess you know, safety left guard. I, I think are probably like one of our bigger needs. Like, I guess you could argue which one's like more important potentially. Um, but yeah, uh, Falcons uh pff ranked worst pass defense and not surprised at all i mean it's just the Falcons defense is known for being bad um mm-hmm. and we're letting go of a lot of guys we have to make cap space so um as far as like free agents go of like guys that we could potentially sign uh before today you know there was a possibility of justin simmons or marcus marcus williams that you brought up before uh mm-hmm. both got the tag uh marcus Cheers. may got the tag yeah. too so yeah, the mm-hmm. ones that are still there that i would like still like welcome and really want uh, would be Anthony Harris from Minnesota. Uh, he is older, but I mean, you know, uh, we need safety help, and I believe Anthony Harris has something in the tank. And then uh, also from the Rams, a John yeah, Johnson the sure. third. So mm. as far as like the leftover like safeties that I would like really care to have, um, most of them are gone because the, the the franchise tag. But Anthony ha- Harris, John Johnson, those are the ones. My next one was actually going to be uh, left guard too because. Uh, there's a hole there now. <laughs> um, mm. Joe Dini was one of them. The The main one I was looking at was uh, the Bay uh, guard and Taylor. And uh, actually, it looks like the day Vegas is through when uh, revitalizing, retooling their offensive line, uh, Gabe Jackson. Uh, those are the guys I were looking at potentially. But, and uh, the rest, I uh, hope get answered in the draft. Yeah, I, that that seems fair. Uh, they they do have some holes to fill, but it, it's mostly it seems like it's mostly backup holes ish. So that, that's something you can do in the draft pretty easily, and and it's probably better for a team that is a little bit tweener. I feel like the Falcons are. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but yeah. Um, and I, yeah. I think one thing that's 
very key in terms of how this offseason goes. It's something that Terry Fontenot has said numerous times in interviews, whether it be his introductory press conference or other interviews that he's had since he's become the GM of the Falcons, is he has strictly said, we are going to fill needs in free agency and get best player available in the draft. And I mm. think that's huge because w- when you're looking at needs, obviously left guards are need, safety's a need. It wouldn't shock mm. me at all if these players they go ahead and get at least stopgap options or maybe a couple prime players, but mainly stopgap options to get their their needs out of the way and then just let the board fall as it may in the draft. And because he's specified so much, you know, BPA, I'll save that for the draft, but like just in general, like with free agency, I mean, I'm thinking real quick, whether even if it's like low-key free agent signings, we're going to see a guard signed, a couple safety signed, a corner signed, a punt returner signs, just their absolute needs. They're going to get done with free agency, so they don't have to stretch for need when it comes to the draft. Yeah, that makes sense. That's this is this is very informative for for how I understand the Falcons too, because I get I think I had a little bit of a wrong impression, um, but this is this is important for me to me to look at with all the, uh, you know, I wouldn't say holes, but the the important parts they need to fill up, which makes sense. But we're going to talk about the draft now, because I think that's pretty important, um, especially when you know the draft capital is what it is for the Falcons. We said coming with the fourth pick, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, mm-hmm. let's talk. Let's talk about the draft. I am seeing a lot of different things. I'm seeing a few trade outs and stuff like that. But I'm I'm curious. Why don't we take this two parter ish? Let's let's see. Let's say who do you think they'll take if they're at four? Why don't we do that and then maybe we can talk about possible trades after that? Because I think that's something that we could definitely see them do. Um. So yeah. All right, Josh. We're starting up with you. So Josh, hit me. Who do you think they'll take it for? Ah, uh, dang. Uh, <laughs> you want? Do you not want to go first? I, yeah. Well, like I want to like go like like I, I want to say who I want to go to for, but it's just like whether or not they will or not. Oh yeah, um, do, yeah, do that. Yeah, 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 we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, as far as like needs go, we already addressed that for free agency was like safety and left guard. Um, as far as like going into the draft and what we actually like can't answer in the draft, uh, I believe we can answer offensive line in the draft with Penesul. And I believe we could also answer the other corner option with Patrick Sertain. And yeah, as far as Sertain? like, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, corner from Alabama, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I know he opted out, but I just I really like it. Uh, I want the edge, Gregory Rizzo. Oh wait, yeah, I was just reading about that guy. That's interesting. I feel like that's a little high for those guys, but but maybe uh, it's hmm, it's possible. Um, all right, Jonah, what do you, what do you think? Who, who do you think they're going to take it for? Who do you want them to take it for? All right. So there to me, all eyes, if you're a Falcons fan, I think all eyes are on the jets because I, I know, I want to know what the jets are doing with this new place or like new regime. Are they going to take Sam Darnold and they're going to keep him and build around him? Are they going to take an offensive lineman early? Are they going to take a receiver at two? Are they going to trade back, which is a possibility with all the QB need teams behind them? Or are they going to go, you know, quarterback? And then you got the Dolphins, who I fully do not expect to take a quarterback. I think they probably go receiver or offensive lineman. But again, like if they go offensive lineman, I think they're probably going to take Sewell, who I would love to go for the Falcons at four. But then if you go there, then it's like, okay, if, if, if the board follows the way I think it does. And I mean, Jags, everyone knows who's going there. And then let's say a quarterback has taken it too, whether it be Fields or Wilson, and then I'm going to say Sewell at three. A lot of people have a receiver going three, but I still think offensive of lineman is a very big issue with the Dolphins. If they stay, yeah. if we get to four, 
and we're not trading back, even though I am team trade back. I am absolutely yeah. Trade we'll back we'll talk about that next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm gonna go quarterback, and the reason being, and I've been very hesitant with it for a while. Um, Sewell is probably still my number one choice, but given the way that I think things will fall, I think you got to take your quarterback because it's just a prime opportunity. You're at number four. You could probably get a guy who I think is probably going to be Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields will probably be there at four um, because I think Zach Wilson is probably going to go to the Jets. Is kind of where I'm feeling. And you get a quarterback who has great mobility, um, can throw a ball anywhere across the field that he wants to, but he's definitely still a little bit raw. You see the talent with Justin Fields, and he has a chance to sit behind Matt Ryan, a quarterback that has been to the Super Bowl. He's won an MVP. He's been one of the most productive quarterbacks over the last decade. You can learn from him, and you don't have to start right away. Because that's how I feel about a lot of these quarterbacks, is I don't think they need to start right away. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, you know, of course he's going to start. But between Wilson, Lance, and Fields, I think if they have an opportunity to sit behind a quarterback, I think that's best. And I think with what happens with the Jets, it's probably a little little less likely. But whether the Falcons get, let's say, Lance or Fields, I think either one sitting behind Matt Ryan will help with their development overall. Mm. And this is a chance to get your next franchise guy at quarterback. I'm probably going to go that route if they don't have Sewell they're sitting at four. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, I, I I love I love so well so so that I don't know how to say it. Penny whatever. I I love him there too. Totally get that. Um, I think yeah. I think Zach Wilson goes too, no matter what to whoever's gonna be picking it to, which might be the Jets. We'll see. But all right, you you want to talk about uh, trading back? Let's let's talk about trading back. What what do you think? Well, I guess you probably want a guy later. So who do you want to trade back for? So if we're trading back, then. It really depends on how far we trade back because th- there's actually one trade that fascinated me c- completely. That okay. it, I, it came across me and it okay. I'm just gonna state it because it, it's kind of wild. Um, yes, it has the Patriots trading up to the Falcons at four, and the Patriots, I believe, have the 15th pick, and has the Falcons trading back, giving up their fourth round pick and a fourth or sorry, their fourth overall pick and then a fourth round pick to the Patriots for the Patriots 15th pick or yeah, 15th pick in the first round, a mm. third round pick. And then Stefan Gilmore. Mm, I did. I think I know what you're talking about. I feel like I did see this. Yeah. So, and the funny thing with Stefan Gilmore is his cap hit is only like 7.5 million, which yeah. I think if the Falcons play their cards, right works very well because then you've got at 15, you've still got the a first round pick and you get a corner who I, I think Gilmore's on his last year of his deal. So mm-hmm. obviously that's a factor, but yep. you pair him with Terrell. That's a pretty good one-two combo at corner, I would I think. And then mm-hmm. at 15, you can get a guy who I think Gregory Rousseau, I think at 15 would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably in the middle of the round. Um, I think Micah Parsons, maybe. Um, I don't think linebackers a giant need, but if they're going to go BPA, mm-hmm. I think he's definitely a possibility. Well, he, he scouts out more as a, like a, a pass rusher, though, right? Kind of like, I, I, kind of like yeah, a foul, th- right? more of like an outside linebacker, yeah. And I, I yeah. think in Dan P's scheme, mm-hmm. I think he'd be a pretty good linebacker to have because okay. outside of like any of the other linebackers, I don't want any of them rushing the passer really. Deion Jones is completely a coverage guy. Yeah, yeah. Guy. Foya Lucon's a coverage guy, and Michael Walker, he showed good in coverage. So if they want to get a pure pass rushing guy and go best player available, Michael Parsons makes sense. Um I mean, I don't think they're going to go halfback that early, even though I think that is a need. They could probably go the second there. So, yeah, between Rousseau and Parsons, I think those are very 
good chances. And I mean, I would say at 15, take a corner, but if you're doing that Stefan Gilmore trade, then that doesn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to go wild, this is, this is one that I saw a possibility. Let's um, get wild. Let's do it. Mac Jones at 15. I, it's, I don't hate it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those like Mac Jones at 15. I think that's not necessarily, like, if I'm a GM, I'm not taking Mac Jones probably that high, but mm-hmm. given where he's kind of fallen in mock drafts right now, middle of the first round kind of makes yep. sense. And yep. he's one of those guys that, like, is he this new evolution of quarterback? No. But is he a guy that, if you sat him behind Matt Ryan, could he learn? Because, like, different evaluations of Mac Jones have been all over the place. He's a guy he can go through progressions. He can move in the pocket. He's got an arm to make pretty much any throw down the field. I and mean, he doesn't have a fantastic arm, but mm-hmm. a good enough arm. And if you sit him behind Matt, or, yeah, Matt Ryan, I think there's some good things there. So you have a chance at your franchise QB, along with a prime cb1 i think that's a possibility so yeah there's there's a lot of different routes to go i'm still king please trade down and get picks um but yeah if if that happened and they had a chance to get stefan gilmore and a first round pick i am i'm calling the patriots right now and saying let's do the deal yeah i i feel like i'd be surprised to see the patriots do something like that but maybe maybe they they need to make some bold moves because i feel like bill is not not a great drafter um Especially yeah, after yeah. the past few years, it feels like he needs to do something to, to correct that. Whoever he needs to bring in to address that situation, because they need to draft better. They need, to, especially in the first year, as they need to draft better at least. Because I mean, they yeah. got the offensive lineman that was amazing last year, um, it, like the sixth round. Right. Especially, but. yeah, especially with the fact that Bill Belichick. Because I mean, what was the big storyline when Belichick and Brady split up? You know, who's going to succeed without the other? Well, mm-hmm. Brady just won a Super Bowl, so Belichick's <laughs> now in this mindset of like, I got to show that I can still win without Brady. So. Yeah. This right. is a prime chance to move up, get your QB of the future that you really believe can win you some more Super Bowls and go compete again. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally fair. All right, um, Jonah, what do, what do we? Th- I'm sorry, Josh, what do we think? Uh, yeah, like like mainly like uh, you already said, draft best uh, best available. Uh, Penesul, I would just I would just love for it to happen. But mm-hmm. like Jonah, I think trading back is definitely the best. Like uh, just right here, just in general, there's too many teams looking for their next future quarterback. Well. Um, I mean, I already said this. I, I still believe we can still get some years out of Matt Ryan. So ideally, I think we should trade back, uh, let those guys decide, you know, what their future quarterback's going to be. I mean, likelihood, three out of five of them are going to play out. You know, one of them will probably be average, and the, the next two will probably be great to, you know, Trevor Lawrence potentially. But uh, let them decide that. Let's go ahead and capitalize over our franchise quarterback that we can still get something out of. And, like, I would trade back and get – Patrick Sertan and Gregory Rizzo. I mean, that's just my personal ones right there. Mm-hmm. Um, look, as far as edge goes, uh, I, I believe Greg, you know, uh, going into uh, before he opted out was potentially a top 10 pick. And it just edge is something that, you know, Atlanta hasn't really had. I mean, uh, the last time we've tried, I tried taking stabs at them, uh, Vic Beasley, uh, we already know how that's gone. And then Tack McKinley. And I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know, nothing to really show for. There's been huge misses. And I think, uh, mm-hmm. Greg is almost like a for sure fire, at least like a uh, capable starter, you know, at the minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That That's, I mean, that's fair. I, th- I think those are both governors. I personally like trading down as well too, just cause I mean, I think unless you're taking a quarterback that high, it kind of feels at least for the Falcons. Cause you know, you quarterback for the future, obviously I think if you're, if you're them, you, you probably, you probably trade down. Cause you, like you guys have mentioned before, they have a lot of defensive issues. I think that they're going to need guys for, so getting more picks in this draft, Makes a lot of sense to me. But mm-hmm. since they also have a, you know, an early second round pick, 
do you think there'll be any guys who like fall in the first rounds? Possibly like a Russo or possibly like a like Petty or Petty, however you say like a quad Petty, whatever the guy out of Michigan, someone like that, or, or maybe an ETN, maybe if you guys are looking running back in the early second. Uh, I almost feel like a hundred percent we're going running back in the second round. No matter what. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. What if what if Najee and ETN are off? Are you guys taking uh, the North Carolina guy? Did we mention that before? Javante like, Williams, yes, please. Yeah, Williams, so, yeah, so, okay. so it's like my, I, I'm probably one of the few. I actually have Javante Williams above ETN mm-hmm. on my rankings um, because the more that I've seen ETN, and I, I think like almost the opposite of prospect fatigue, the idea that we've been saying this guy's a first round talent or the second running back off the board or whatever for so long, it's going to be that way. I think that's how it's going to be with ETN. But after watching a lot of his film and watching Williams, I just like Williams a little bit more overall. I know ETN was super productive, but between him running and like purposely missing contact and trying to dance a lot, I'm just not a big fan of some of his running style, especially in the type of scheme that I think Arthur Smith's going to come over. I really like Williams. I think Williams is the guy that could be there at 35, 36, something like that is their pick. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love him there. Um, also, like Richie Grant is another the safety. I think he's a possibility there as well. And yeah, I mean, there's there's probably a ton of guys that could possibly fall um, from the first round that I take. And especially if you're going BPA, like if you get one of these top receivers that fell into the second round, I would not be surprised if they went at that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I could see that too. And you're, you're right about the top receivers. I mean, it happened last year with like Pittman and T stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they fell like right into there, which I think was kind of a steal. Uh, I mean, yeah. he had a great year, and I think Pittman will too. He's a little injured, but uh, yeah, I mean that that seems that seems like something. It, it always feels like there are guys who unexpectedly fall to the top there, so you just get them at the start of the second, and it's kind of like you have first two two first round picks, or at least it feels like that to me. Yeah. So that that's always good to have. Um, I think. Is there anyone else in the draft that you're you're looking like later rounds that you possibly want the Falcons to jump on? Are there you guys? Um, I didn't put it in the notes, so like I don't if we don't if you don't have anyone that you're thinking about, no, no problem. Give me a. I had this one like mock that I did, um, and there were a couple guys late that I felt really good about. Um, are are oh, they like? Yeah, 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 Trey Sermon. I think if the Falcons decide to not go running back in the second, I think Trey Sermon's a guy that you could probably get in the mid, like fourth-ish round that I think could absolutely be a stud. And he's going a lot lower in mock drafts than I kind of expect him to. But if he ends up going in the third, fourth round, I think you take him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brevin Jordan, tight end from Miami. Um, the mm-hmm. Tight end yeah. is another position that the Falcons absolutely freaking need right now. That was another um, one out here. <laughs> so I, I'd like him there. Quincy Roche, he's an edge, the other edge from Miami that was kind of working alongside um, Rousseau. I like Roche a lot. I think you could probably get him in the third or fourth round. Um, and then if they really want to wait for running back, which I don't, I hope they don't. But if they really want to wait, Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo, I think he's going to be go very late, um, just because of the you know competition against and just kind of his running scheme. I'm not necessarily going to necessarily say that he's like a stud at running back going mm-hmm. in like the fifth round, but I think if they wanted to get a guy that they could use as a running back by committee, then I think Patterson would be another option. Yeah, he's my he's actually currently my eighth ranked running back on my board, so. I feel like that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, like pretty good for him. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry. So was was there anything, Josh, that you, that you were thinking about? No, that was it. Just uh, answering. Yeah, I think the biggest need was our first like pick is probably going to be. I think should be somewhere defensively, and then second mm-hmm. round uh, is probably more than likely going to be running back. 
It, it really does feel like defensively, at least, there are a lot more guys that you probably pick up in the middle of the draft who are like, they're, I feel like there's a jumble of guys probably from like seven to like 14 to like a little bit later that are probably going to be pretty good values there. I feel like a lot of the offensive guys are going to go first. So probably trading back mm-hmm. and getting a defensive guy makes makes more sense to me. You know, it also helps as kind of a, a good tackle draft, too. So I feel like a lot of teams will take a stab at that, too. Yeah, it does seem like that. Um, I hope the Jaguars do as well at 25, but we'll see. Um, all right, let's move on to the last question I've got for y'all. I want some reasonable expectations for the Falcons next year, but I also want some hard predictions, even though we're at the start of the offseason. Um, so, uh, Josh, why don't you start us off first? What do you think about the Falcons next year? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> God, this is so early now. Um, I know, it's early, but we're fighting our flags. Steve. We're going to throw it out there. We got to hit it, you know? If I'm just going through NFC South, um, I think Carolina is going to be the bottom feeder here. Um, they're still rebuilding right here. They don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. It's probably going to be likely answered during this draft at some point. It's just a matter of where, whether or not they trade up or just stick where they are and, you know, kind of hope one of them falls to them that they like. Um, uh, that defense is still really young. I expect it to get better. Um, I just expect, you know, this team going with a new quarterback going forward, uh, trying to get a new rapport with their receivers right here. Defense is still young. Um they're probably going to be the bottom. And then, this is way too early, but I, I really yeah, think it is, it is probably going to end up finishing third in the division right now. Um, cap space is hell. Don't really know where they're going to do the quarterback. Saints? Yeah. Oh, okay. But this Spicy. is obviously like way, way, way too early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything yeah. you know, settled in. No, of course, of course. Because, um, I mean, draft hasn't happened yet. So, I'm, if my like, wants are happening here, Matt Ryan's still the quarterback. We draft, you know, defense first. Go up, run it back. New offensive scheme. Uh, it's actually pretty great because I don't think Matt Ryan's really had like an offensive-minded head coach uh, in like a long time. I mean, Dan Quinn, you know, was the defensive. So it was Mike Smith. So um, yep. it's nice to see they're actually having like a guy that's going to be you know, like a, you know, scheming for offensive mainly. So uh, I believe Atlanta could take advantage of the Saints going through cap hell right now, going through a transition from Drew Brees and Carolina just being, you know, I would say they're probably going to be in the top five next year. And I think they can take it. Oh man, I watch uh, out for Carolina, man. I watch out. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think a wild card is probably best overall. Um, currently, right now, I'm thinking eight and eight. Okay, fair, reasonable. That's pretty good. Uh, I might be a little bit lower, but let's see what uh, Jonah has to say. So. I'm going to go with my ceiling first. This is the best that I think the Falcons do. Outside of like just saying, hey, they could go win Super Bowl. Realistic sure. ceiling, I think. And I'm going to include the 17th game because it's still not necessarily confirmed yet, but it's looking likely we could have a 17th game for this season. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ceiling like 10 and 7. I think 10 and 7 is a decent possibility because looking at the teams that they have to face, the Lions, the Patriots, the Jets, the Eagles, the Washington football team, the Giants, and the Panthers twice, you know, how good are they? I mean, those are games that you could win. And then mm-hmm. if you look at the Saints mm-hmm. and you think that maybe they take a step back, you could take that one there. 49ers, mm-hmm. I think they're a lot better when they're healthy, but that's not necessarily completely guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Maybe could the Buccaneers take a step back? Probably not likely, but, I mean, who mm-hmm. knows? You know, yep. there's there's teams that they could beat with their their schedule that they have. And if all goes right, if you fill the holes right, if you get people to buy into Arthur Smith's system year one, I think 10 and 7, 11 and 6, somewhere in that ballpark, and a wild card is very much possible. Realistically, though, I think, like, if I'm going more in the middle, then 
I'm thinking probably like seven and ten, um, mm-hmm. just a little bit under five hundred, mm-hmm. um, just because, like right now, if we do all those restructures and cuts from before, that's twenty seven people in con- on contract, and you've got to fill out all this, and you've only got thirty six million dollars to work with. There's going to be a ton of new faces here. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a bunch of inexperience. They're probably gonna have to rely on some rookies year one, and mm-hmm. they're gonna go through some rookie pain. So I think a little under 500 is reasonable, and I also think that's fine because given the situation that Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith are coming into, and the fact that it usually takes more than one year to develop a scheme. I mean, Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers his first year didn't exactly do fantastic, and the next year he was in the Super Bowl. So. Mm-hmm. Smith is going to need time to bring in his scheme, get people to buy in, and bring him his personnel and his players. But yeah, for this upcoming season, I think probably third place in the NFC South with about six to seven wins, I think is pretty realistic. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like the Falcons still, if everything stays the same, still same quarterback. They still have Julio. Um, I feel like they're still a tweener team with a not great defense, uh, which is kind of frustrating, I would feel, if I if I was if I was a Falcons fan, because it just, it just doesn't feel like oh, there's... Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is a year-in, year-out thing right here. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is the one year you guys are in 7-9, and nine, though, so at least that's nice, right? Um, but, yeah, no, I just – it's it's yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, at least you guys that's have a top good. pick now. You know, you, you guys have a top pick now. So I feel like that's another reason to maybe take a quarterback here because I'm unsure if they're going to get back there because they still have a talented roster, at least offensively. Uh, I, I would definitely say that. But it just feels like unless they do something drastic, this is going to be another tweener year, and I – Probably, yeah, six or seven win train. But maybe, maybe the coaching's really good. And maybe Matt Ryan, you know, he wasn't MVP, what, like four years ago? It wasn't that long ago. Um, four years ago, right? Five years ago? Shit, maybe it was five years ago. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is this is still got some pretty good pieces. I just worry about the defense, especially if it's young, like you guys are suggesting, which is fine. But I just for a winning team in a tough division like that, uh, I think the Saints, you know, depending on the quarterback, obviously, I think they just have a really, really solid team outside of quarterback. Just one of the most solid teams that they, in the NFL, honestly. Uh, but I hate, I hate the quarterback, the presumptive quarterback they have now. So we'll see about that. Um, you know, we we saw, we saw what a bad quarterback in a division in the NFC South can do to a team. I'm just talking about Tampa Bay right now. So <laughs> yeah. uh, no Jameis Winston anymore. <laughs> I think Hill could be worse than Winston. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see what that does to the team. But yeah, I just I'm yeah. gonna say for the NFC South, I watch out for the Panthers, man. They give them. Another, if they get another good draft like they had last year, this team is gonna probably be like a seven or six win team, and they're gonna start dominating the division. So just, just trying to watch out, just you know, as a heads up. See, the thing that I'm really looking <laughs> to see is like, what are the Saints gonna do? Because they're they're currently, I think they're like forty eight million dollars over the cap, and they just put the Ridiculous franchise them. tag on Marcus, Marcus Williams. Yeah, I know. And that's eleven million dollars more. Like, where well, are you gonna get this money from, man? So I think, I, I think a lot of that that dead cap or not dead cap. I think that's a lot of that's tied up with Breeze still. I'm not hundred percent certain on that, but I think Breeze's cap hits like forty million or something like that. Well, I be, I believe right? Breeze just just two years. Two, not two years ago, two weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. restructured his concert, contract for the veteran minimum. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. So that, yeah. it cleared That's up like $40 million. <laughs> oh, okay. And they still have $40 million there? Because I, I, yeah. I thought it was a lot more. Okay. Well, yeah. they, were, they, they are were paying before, guys. Before yeah. the offseason, um, they were like at 100 over the cap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sure. For sure. Um, do, well, do you guys think they'll raise the cap? Because I, I feel like what, there was a letter out today that said that there were, the NFL Player Association was thinking about like tr- trying to get it to be raised or at least not lowered. I, I just feel like it's probably going to stay the same if if not get lowered, you know? So yeah, I th- more trouble. Yeah, same. I think it's I think right now the floor is probably like 180. 
And I can't see it getting any higher than like 190. So somewhere between 180 and 190, probably close to like 185 is kind of where I think it's going to fall. Okay. All right. That's fair. Well, this is a great show. A nice hour, hour long thing prediction for what we got six months until the season starts just about. So this is a good time. Um, Very accurate predictions. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're going to nail it. Six, seven or eight (laughs) wins. We'll get there. I swear. Um, But yeah. All right, guys, why don't you uh, finish up and rerun the stuff you guys are doing? Um, I, I believe I'm going to be a part of that quiz show thing, right? That's going to be super fun. Yes, sir. Yep. I'm excited. But go ahead and t- tell everyone about it. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we'll be hosting a tournament, a trivia tournament soon uh, with Jesse, you know, our host here today. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, Jonah's going to be mainly doing the draft stuff. I'll probably just going to be like, you know, tagging along for that one. they like, yeah, Jonah, you got it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll be most of our stuff. And then we'll get into predictions after we uh, get done with that and uh, the draft finishes up. Uh, kind of like what we did last season. We're actually, we, we'll be coming up on one year, and I think like two or three months. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully having a giveaway soon for that. And uh, look, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at JJ Talks Pod. Uh, show is on Spotify, Apple, wherever uh, Anchor up- uploads this podcast at. <laughs> True, I do the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, dope, guys. It's great having you guys on, as always. I'm always happy to talk to you guys. We have good, productive conversations. Super important. And I also love trivia, so need to keep you guys in good graces so I can be on your trivia thing. It's the only reason <laughs> I like you guys. No, I'm just kidding. All right, but yeah, good having you guys on. Dope, as always. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Bacon Games Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BGF Sports. And be sure to tune in next time.